What is up, aka Patters? We're not done with Spider-Man. Spider-Man Far From Home just got number one at the box office. Made some good bank. But we're talking about a real Spider-Man blockbuster. Amazing Spider-Man 2. The movie everyone hates. This is the Batman and Robin. This is the Terminator Salvation. This is Star Wars The Last Jedi of the Spider-Man universe. We're going to get into it right now. Let's get to that intro and rock and roll. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, 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 hey. You out there. I'm looking at you. I'm listening to you. You're listening to me. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for joining me. If you haven't already heard, I am Peter A. DeLuca, another known as Pad. That's right, P-A-D. I am Acapad, a.k.a. Pad, and this is a.k.a. Pad's audio audacity. We're still dealing (laughs) with a name change or something. We all know what's happening with the name of this podcast, but hey, hey, welcome here. I'm talking to you from the audio audacity studio in Center City, Philadelphia, and we just like geek things here. We like dorks. We, we, we like nerding out uh, the way it used to be done. Sorry, I'm just drinking some coffee. What do I mean by that? Well, I, I just wrapped uh, Stranger Things Season 3. I'm going to do a, a lengthy discussion over this. But if you go back to my 31 Days of Dread of last year, uh, or maybe two years ago, One of my final episodes was Stranger Things Season 2. And even then, you know, like, I was was immensely disappointed. uh, The the, the series didn't move me. Uh, To me, it felt like these characters have not grown at all. And, And what do I mean by that? Because here's the funny thing. They, they, they always grow in the beginning of, uh, of the episodes, like the first two, three episodes. And then there's like a transition uh, in the last episode. You know, like some coming of age moment. Prior season, it was like this prom dance. This season, it's, uh, you know, someone's moving. A lot of tears. And uh, there's no other growth. See, these these characters, these kids, are literally staring uh, pure evil in, in the face. You know, like entities whose, whose sole purpose is to... Uh, decimate and dominate and and incorporate we'll say you know because the 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 season had a uh like body snatcher like vibe to it which i thought was cool and every time these characters run into one of these problems time and time again that it's like no one's ever ever been around the the last two seasons like why are they surprised They, they they should have beats they should have things understood uh, this season introduced Russians, okay? Uh, and, like, what, the Russians should know about these guys. Uh, the, the, the Russians should know that there was, like, interference with some of the stuff with America. If, if you know, like, with the American efforts, so to speak, of, of the experiments. You know what? This is not even a good review. Because, <laughs> see, there's so much set up for Stranger Things. And to, to analyze it, and I, I will say to tear it down. Because my intent would be to tear it down. I gotta go deep into it. We're not going to do that. But look, this past weekend, a uh, v- really big weekend for Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, and just so you know, I did not... <laughs> I don't really favor Stranger Things. Okay? To me, 
it's very lazy storytelling but let's get to uh spider-man so if we go to spider-man homecoming uh, the first day of release for spider-man homecoming you know and this is the uh marvel cinematic universe uh revival of the spider-man after a disastrous um, you know what people would say disastrous run by Mark Rob, Mark Webb and Sony the Andrew Garfield uh, Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, potentially destroyed the franchise and something had to be done with the character and this uh, this left channels open for Sony to uh, you know still want to make money off of the character and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Kevin Foggy to come in and negotiate uh, a agreement for them to use good old Webhead in Captain America 3 Civil War. I call it Captain America 3. Because <laughs> we like using numbers for sequels here. And, you know, that was like a huge surprise. Okay. And part of that agreement was that, uh, like, Sony would get the merchandising and the licensing money like and then marvel would get the the and they they would like split the box office and maybe even split some of the production costs but it was kind of like the split deal okay and you know it, it really shook people it, it surprised a lot of people to finally have spider-man in the marvel cinematic universe the way that they used them uh, the relationship with Peter Parker and Tony Stark going into Civil War that overflowed into Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, you know, like, th there was just a lot of anticipation for all of it at that point. Now, you know, making Spider-Man, essentially Iron Man 2.0, is a completely ballsy move. I mean, it is a visionary move. It's, it's, a, it's a move full of gravitas. But is it's also not spider-man and that that's my long-running criticism of spider-man homecoming and you know and i i have still have yet to see far from home but far from home you know we're talking post end game here we're talking a a a good branded product of uh everyone knowing that this is like the end of phase four and things within the marvel cinematic universe uh, will be taking uh a leap from you know the launch pad so to speak of spider-man far from home so the, there is just a level of anticipation when it comes to what comes next in the marvel cinematic universe uh th this is a lot of what fills the theater when it comes to this movie because when we compare it to homecoming far from home is is relatively operating 10 million dollars less per day okay day one you know, like, uh, day one of Spider-Man Far From Home was a Tuesday. It was kind of like a, or like a, a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Spider-Man Homecoming was a Friday. So th th these are factors. We have to kind of, like, look at it from, like, a couple different angles. But it's still, like, a $10 million difference. And Far From Home uh, had a huge holiday as, as the lead-in watch is like beneficial you get almost like three whole days you know you get three extra days of box office when it comes to that type of release uh it's one of the coveted releases when it comes to just you know hey we gotta put that movie gotta make money uh what's what's the best chance what's the best idea we got putting a movie out uh on july 3rd is just it's just huge it's huge uh 
but so anyway, <laughs> that's your Spider-Man update. Uh, yeah. So look, Far From Home is is kicking it at the box office. It, it's it's almost up to two hundred million dollars. It's at one eighty five. It's just doing fantastic. But we're not really here talking about that. We're we're talking about the Amazing Spider-Man. And what I mentioned in the previous podcast that I was not going to like talk about this. I, you know, like I was going to have to watch Amazing Spider-Man one or two a few times. Uh, and to sit down and, and discuss it. Now, there might be a future, um, you know, like a, a future discussion on that, okay? Like a, you know, like I might just go back and rewatch this movie more. You know, I've seen it about two times since you last heard from me. And why is that? Because the good folks, the good folks at Amazon <laughs> had a really good Spider-Man sale. They were doing all the Spider-Man movies for eight bucks a piece. Uh, these ones on digital usually run $15 and up. And I was like, let me just buy Amazing Spider-Man 2 and just watch it. Like, let me just go into it because I realized that I couldn't... Everyone's supposed to hate this movie, okay? It's it's trash. Everyone says it's trash. Everyone says too many characters, too many, too many plot points. Jamie Foxx... And Paul Giamatti, who are two of, of your villains, one's Rhino, one's Electro, their portrayals are just straight up comic book. They are not realistic. They're too cartoony. They're too this and too that. Jamie Foxx, and I, I, I believe appropriately so, gets compared to Jim Carrey in, Spy, uh, in Batman Forever. Jim Carrey's performance in Batman Forever echoes Jamie Scott's. <laughs> uh, Electro, it, it really does, like one hundred percent. And we also have a gender bend with Electro. Electro is normally a, a uh, he's a honky white bread, and, and now we have him as Jamie Fox. I love Jamie Fox. Okay, I'm I'm really hoping that the new McFarlane Spawn movie happens because I think Jamie Fox is just so perfect for the role of Al Simmons, like a hundred percent perfect. And I would like to see a low budget, you know, version of Spawn with Jamie Fox headlining it. So, you sit down and you are told and you are to believe the, that The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is, you know, like, it's one of the worst movies ever made. We have uh, Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx as the Riddler slash Electro. We have Paul Giamatti as a Russian gangster that is hardly in the movie to begin with. But his performance is stupid. And then, then what? And when I realized that, when I realized outside of the platitude surface, you know, like the, the platitude perceptions of what this movie is, I realized I had to watch it. It's, it's been years. I've maybe only seen the movie one time. And so what I did is I grabbed my popcorn and I sat down and I just, I literally watched this movie as if I've never seen it before. Now, why is this important? Why do I preach about this a lot? Because... There's so much in the air when it comes to um, when we sit down to watch a movie. There's so much already in in our heads. Like I said with the Green Goblin and the Tobey Maguire 2002 Spider-Man. is You're told that the Green Goblin sucks because he has design work similar to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie that came out in 95. That's just that's lazy and erroneous. That's an erroneous take. It's just stupid. And then they'll tell you, like, oh, there was this other version of the Green Goblin that they screen tested for. Well, guess what? It didn't work. 
and now this is where we are and like a lot of these ideas and a lot of these these the audience they they can't they they, they won't fight through the weeds you know they won't fight through some of these platitudes these platitude reviews these platitude opinions they won't fight through it to get to the end to watch the film themselves they'll pass they will pass this is essentially what's happening right now too with the transformer movies there's all these platitude opinions about the transformer movies and no one's really talking about the story and the guts and the essence and a lot of the intent within movie to movie or the intent of all five of those movies because they do have intent so I had my popcorn. I'm sitting down. I'm using. Everybody wants to know what popcorn bucket. I am literally, no joking, wearing a Venom shirt while eating popcorn from a Venom tin popcorn bucket that I did buy during Venom. <laughs> Look, man, we geek out. We geek out. We geek out right. So I watched this movie and I like I forgot what movie I put on. Because the first, like, 15 minutes is the sequence with Peter Parker's parents. And I honestly thought I bought, like, the wrong movie by accident. Or, me, like, you know, just me, like, fumbling on my phone, not paying attention. I thought I had Amazing Spider-Man 1. The beginning of this movie is the origin of the Parker family. Okay? it's it, This is the first time in cinematic history, uh, I would say even better than the comics, that we're dealing with the past of Peter Parker in a very engaging and enlightening, um, thrilling way, in, in a very Tom Clancy way, we're dealing with the origin of Peter Parker. Now, previously in the comics, it took him a long time to get into the parents. Spider-Man has has been deconstructed so many times that he is no longer relevant in the comics. The, the, what I'm about to say is is something along those steps it's, it's along that path is in the comics they went into peter parker's past and they revealed that the parker family mr and mrs parker they were agents of shield and blah 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 okay uh, something very similar was used for this movie but you know we have an airplane you know like a uh you know like a uh you know like a private jet we have a file that has to get uploaded and we have secrets okay and you can guess what happens okay uh, previously to this flight the parkers are trying to escape they drop off peter parker to aunt may and uncle ben or uncle owen whoever the hell it is and boom it's like we're it's like then we're like we're barely even at the title sequence and then it jumps into this really well done action sequence of parker chasing uh you know, some cars through the city is trying to <laughs> prevent these uh, t uh these slime capsules from like getting lost or stolen or even broken. And it's it, it the sequence that launches this movie that reintroduces us to Spider Man is comedic Peter Parker, funny Peter Parker, action Peter Parker, uh, doing ridiculous things, Peter Parker, with webbing and 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 grabbing stuff, saving people, Peter Parker, wisecracking, Peter Parker, and Peter Parker in spandex. A lot of people forget that the like we're now dealing with a Spider-Man proper design in this movie. Uh, I always liked the updated design for Amazing Spider-Man, but they took a a Batman Begins approach when it comes to the Amazing Spider-Man movie, which is you know like let's ground it let's go more into like the human drama 
and let we you know we need a villain okay so for amazing spider-man the previous movie they used lizard and lizard was literally teased for three previous movies never revealed never came into fruition the fans seem to want dr connor as the lizard and they got that in amazing spider-man and i do feel like that helped carry the movie uh, a lot of people have issue with the plot uh of <laughs> of amazing people will say they love comic book movies but they hate the plots and the plots that they usually hate are like the villain trying to kill everyone or the villain trying to take over okay <laughs> we're dealing with a comic book movie you have to accept all of the elements and the tropes i i'm so sorry but the it, amazing spider-man it technically has the same type of villain the same plot and the same hero's journey that bruce wayne has in batman begins and that is one of the reasons why i love the amazing spider-man so this movie i'm getting into it and and you know like i would say some of the criticisms are right i think the performance of paul giamatti in that opening scene uh who they're teasing and leading into becoming the rhino by the end of the movie and paul giamatti's character just bookends the movie and, and i and i think in a very delightful fun way it's right like it's a little over the top and then within that scene we're introduced to jamie fox uh and like that seems off and then we time jump okay and then it's like you know we are uh struggling you know we're we're like the the um you know we're still dealing with a peter parker who doesn't quite get life who's not quite good at life uh he is struggling aunt may is struggling peter parker rejects gwen stacy because of the you know like he doesn't want to endanger her and there is a true like romance brewing between the two gwen stacy is phenomenal uh i forget the uh who the girl who is the girl that plays gwen stacy emma stone emma stone is phenomenal the chemistry with her and andrew garfield is phenomenal it's such a home run so i'm watching this movie and i'm thinking like wh where are we where does it break and we go back to jamie fox and jamie fox is just over the top but the thing is though they establish that he is he's like a bruised he's just bruised and he he like just wants a friend and and they they, they do set up the hatred he develops for spider-man later but this movie, the criticisms of this movie being full are 100% accurate because we also have Green Goblin. The Green Goblin's dying. Norm Osborn's dying. Who He's not really the Green Goblin. Harry Osborn <laughs> gets introduced and he has like a relationship with Peter. And they, they, those are some really good scenes. And then like we deal with a family disease. Harry Osborn tries to cure himself. He becomes a Green Goblin. In, in in an origin a villain origin like a villain uh power origin a, a villain uh being corrupted origin you know like a villain wanting destruction type origin uh it's it's acceptable it's fine it, it's again no different than mcguire uh william defoe origin in spider-man 2002 so like again like i'm marching on and like you know jamie fox isn't really in this movie at like pivotal points as the the human form you know because he does turn into electro uh people had issue with the origin of electro i'm fine with it whatever electric eels some other things weird science stuff uh it, there it's it's comic book science in the comic book movie who cares and then like all of a sudden 
the, you know, this becomes like a movie set around giant action pieces. I always remembered the Times Square Spider-Man Electro action piece that you know that was all over the advertising as being at the end of the movie. It's 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 barely in the middle of the movie, and I'm watching this and you know eating my popcorn from in my Venom shirt, saying to myself, "Where where is this movie going? Like what what are we <laughs> like what are we doing? There's so much left. There's just so much left, and." It's like, boom, it's a, a post that sequence. We get like another movie. We get like a Green Goblin origin. We have, um, they capture Electro. They're studying Electro. Like, Electro's in prison, okay? And then we have this this furthering, uh, this rekindling of the romance between Parker and Gwen Stacy. Now, the one thing in this movie, this movie looks amazing. It's well-designed. I'm going to give you a few things here. And the music... Why do people hate it? Like people, it, it, when when someone reviews a movie, when someone reviews a movie and they don't go into the music, I, I just don't understand how that's possible. Like, are you not, the, you know, they might, they might say like design and the look of the movie and that's as far as they go when it comes to like the aesthetics and, and, and the feeling. I don't know. Hans Zimmer does the music for this. He, it's so good. And it's also The Magnificent Six. And I'm not sure who those guys are. I'm just reading off of Wikipedia here real quick for you. The music gets me. And, and there's this one scene where Parker sees Gwen Stacy from across the street. And he literally walks through traffic mesmerized. And it's it's such a Mark Webb moment. It really is a Mark Webb moment. That that scene alone, it's like you know, I just I felt so connected to it. I feel like we're all there. Like we've all had moments like that where we see someone, someone that we love, someone that we we're drawn to, and 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 there is like an invisible string that pulls us. It's masterful. But anyway, there this movie has shots of masterful. This movie of all of the Spider-Man movies has some of the absolute best sequences, action sequences, using comic book logic like using um you know in the Times square sequence spider-man prevents everyone from touching a metal rail that's on the stairway okay and he's able to see everything in slow motion and in real time and you know and they do a great job as setting up electro as a villain of like how are you going to beat this guy like like what are we going to do against electro he's electricity how and everything builds into the Green Goblin and Electro teaming up against Spider-Man in a way that's just strict hatred. You know, like both of these characters have a real hatred for Spider-Man. And you, you do feel it between the two. Now, look, we're also dealing with the death of Gwen Stacy. This movie does something very cool, okay? When we're in the airplane in the beginning of the movie, which you know, we can kind of call like the prologue. Uh, it starts with a, a super close-up shot of you know uh, the parker you know the father uh ben i forget his name but anyway the father's watch okay and and it pulls away and it it's revealed that he's he's on an airplane he's wearing that watch and he's on his laptop blah 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 and the end of this movie okay after electro has been defeated we have green goblin versus spider-man in another sequence of the death of spider-man's girlfriend glider green goblin versus parker that we saw in the 2002 toby mcguire spider-man and this this is designed to have an intent and feeling this is designed to be the death of gwen stacy now they do the death just like in the comic 
you know, the death of Gwen Stacy, but they're inside of a, of a clock tower. And Gwen Stacy's falling, and all the gears of the clock are falling around the two of them. And it's it's symbolic to what happened with uh, with the father on that airplane. And I just thought that was deep. You know, like, I thought that was such a uh, interesting uh, visual. Like, you know, like, the, again, this movie has multiple bookends. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, Gwen Stacy dies. Green Goblin gets defeated. Uh, I like the Green Goblin's design. You know, I, I, he definitely looks evil and menacing and he's all messed up. But, well, whatever. People don't. And I just sat down and I just enjoyed this movie. You know, like, and, and the melodrama is so thick. I, I like how it's broken up with some of these, like, uh, outlandish performances. Uh, to me, comic book movies should have outland outlandish performances. I, I view Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark as similar. It's outlandish. It's no different than Jamie Foxx and Jim Carrey or even Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. Yeah, we're doing a lot of Batman Forever references. Because he's so over the top as Tony Stark, you can't take that. You can't take it seriously. Like you can't even take other people taking him seriously. It doesn't matter how brilliant he is. Like you, you would never, you would never take that guy seriously. Not in a hundred, hundred years. This is so much the same, and I just love how people in people's mind they can extrapolate and and convince themselves that one is normal and the other is not. And the only reason why they you know, universally agree that Jamie Foxx botched the performance as Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is because they were told. That's it. They were told. You know, like uh, the marching the marching sheep come here, you know, bah, bah, bah. They, 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 tell you, they tell you what to think, and you're thinking that, and you can barely watch the movie. You, can, you cannot enjoy the movie because you, you, you've been poisoned. And the amazing, to say that the Amazing Spider-Man 3 isn't a successful movie in the right of filmmaking and production and acting and all these other uh, pillars, okay, that, that we need to make a big blockbuster movie that we all love. We all love blockbusters. To say it's not successful on, on those notes, and, and, and you're, you're not really looking, you're not looking at the movie at all, and you're not looking at the movie successfully. You're not. Okay, you're 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 doing low hanging fruit opinions and you're destroying film discussion. This movie complements Amazing Spider-Man. Th this movie works so well with Amazing Spider-Man. It's a one-two punch that I really love, and I hate that they set up a lot. They set up so much, and I hate that you know, like we won't get more of these because I I think something good was happening here. I think something really really good was happening. Far more was happening here. Than was happening with Last Jedi. I will tell you that. Okay, everyone, I love you. Rock and roll. Do me a favor. Do what I did. Go into a movie that you're convinced it sucks. I'm not talking about Double Dragon or Super Mario Brothers, but I'm talking about a movie that optically looks like it should be fantastic. And, and just sit down and just watch that movie for the first time. Even watch Double Dragon for the first time and pick out the, like, focus on the good things and the good ideas and what did get executed and, and communicated. And what you think is trying to be said to you while you're watching the movie. Sitting down and just criticizing movies and ripping them apart just because just because does everything a disservice okay there's there's nothing to be gained with that and not and i'm not saying we can't discuss why movies are not good i'm not saying we can't discuss what's not good in some movies 
but there's just too much. There, there, there's not enough. There's not enough love. I hate to say it, but look, rock and roll. Let's get going. We got some things to do. We're busy people, but let's rock and roll. Until next time. I'm not sure what's happening in episode uh, 210. I might have said this. This was episode 210. My numbering's all off. In two, episode 210, I'm not really sure. I think we're done with Spider-Man. Maybe we'll do Stranger Things. Maybe we'll. Let me know. Let me know. I'm out there. At AKA Pad on the Twitter. I'll talk to you. Bye.